Welcome back to the God's Brain Podcast. It's your host, Puzzle Making Poe. I am here with another episode of Grown Man's Book Club as we step into the halfway point of this book. I hope that you guys enjoyed how far we've gotten so far. Uh, I'm really ready to finish this book, you guys, if I'm being honest. It has a lot of history that is not easy to talk about. But I think it's important for us to move on and go through and officially say we got through this first book. Um, With that being said, like I said, um, page 65, chapter 10, if you want to read along. um, Last chapter ended pretty righteous, in my opinion, hearing the the pain and the honesty of some of the slave owners that he dealt with, um, Frederick Douglass. So with that being said, we're going to start off on January 1st, 1833. And this is a very long chapter, so we're going to be here for a minute, so I probably should start reading I had left Master Thomas's house and went to live with Mr. Convey on the 1st of January, 1833. I was now, for the first time in my life, a field hand. In my new employment, I found myself even more awkward than a country boy appeared in a larger city. I had been at my new home, but one week before Mr. Covey gave me a severe whipping cutting my back. I think I actually read part of this. We may be on the next chapter. Oh, if I'm not mistaken. No, so let's get back to it. Sorry. Um, I found myself, you know, I had been at my new home, but one week before Mr. Clovey gave me a severe whipping, cutting me on my back, causing the blood to run and raising ridges on my flesh as large as my finger. The details of this affair are as follows. Mr. Clovey sent me early that morning. Yeah, so I read part of this. I'm going to skip ahead a couple pages. Alright, I'm going to just start here. I think this is about where I ended off. So, last, just to remind you, Frederick Douglass took an ox to go get some lumber and the cart completely got destroyed. And he's been getting whipped pretty severe by his master um, and his slave owner. So, um... This is where we kind of get to see a little bit of the inside mechanics of Frederick Douglass and how he thought about the world. Convey would put uh, put with us. Convey w- would be out with us. The way he used to s- stand it was this. He'd spend most of his afternoons in bed. 
He would then come out fresh in the evening, ready to ar- argue us on with his words. Example, and frequently with the whipping, Mr. Convey was one of the few slaveholders who could and did work with his hands. He was a hard-working man. He knew by himself just what a man or a boy could do. There was no deceiving him. His work went on in his absence almost as well as in his presence, and he had the faculty of making us feel that he was very present with us. This he did by surprising us. He seldom approached the spot where we were at work openly. If he could do it secretly, he always aimed at taking us by surprise. Such was his cunning that we used to call him among ourselves the snake. When we were at work in the cornfield, he would sometimes crawl on his hands and knees to avoid detection. And all at once he would surprise nearly in in our midst and scream out, Ha ha! Come, come, dash on, dash on. This being his mode of attack, it was never safe to stop a single minute. His comings were like were like a thief in the night he appeared to us as being never at hand he was under every tree behind every stump in every bush and at every window on the plantation he would sometimes mount his horse as if bound to saint michael's a distance of seven miles in in half an hour Afterwards, you would see him coiled up in the corner of the wood fence, watching every motion of the slaves. He would, for this purpose, leave his horse tied up in the woods. Again, he would sometimes walk up to us and give us orders as though he was upon the point of starting on a long journey, turn his back upon us and make as though he was going to to the horse to get ready and before he would get halfway thither he would turn short and crawl into a fence corner or behind some tree there watch us till the going down of the sun mr colby's forte consists in his power of deceive his life was devoted to planting and perpetuating the grossest deceptions everything he proposed in the he everything he possessed in the shape of learning or religion he made confirmed to his deposition to deceive he seemed to think himself equal to deceiving the almighty he would make a short prayer in the morning and a long prayer at night and Strange as it may seem, few men would at time appear more devotional than he. The exercise of his family devotions were always conceived with singing, and as he was a very poor singer himself, the duty of raising the hymn generally came upon me. He would read his hymn and nod at me to commence. I would at times do so, at others I would not. My non-compliance would almost always produce much confusion. To show myself independent of me, he would start to stagger, though with his home in the most discordant manner. 
In this state of mind, he prayed with more than ordinary spirit. Poor man, such was his deposition and success at deceiving. I do verily believe that he sometimes deceived himself into the solemn belief that he was the sinister worshiper of the Most High God, and this too at a time when he may be said to have been guilty of complying his woman slave to commit the sin of adultery. The fact in the case are these. Mr. Convis was a poor man. He was just commencing in life. He was only able to buy one slave, and shock at, shocking as is the fact, he bought her as he said for a breeder this woman was named caroline mr convey bought her from mr thomas Lowe, about six miles from the saint michael's she was a large able-bodied woman about 20 years old she had already given birth to one child which proved her to be just what he wanted after buying her he hired a married man of mr samuel harrison to live with him one a year and him he used to fasten up with her every night the results was that at the end of one of the year the miserable woman gave birth to twins at this result mr convey seemed to be highly pleased both with the man and the wrenched woman such was his joy that of his wife that nothing they could do for caroline during the confinement was too good or too hard to be done. The children were regarded as being quite an addiction to his wealth. Alright guys, I may come back and read in a little bit, but I, I need to take a shower and clean up. I've been so stressed, y'all. Maybe I'll write down and do a God's Brand episode Um, that may get me on track to what I think is right. So, with that being said, I'm going to let you go, you guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy the afternoon. I'll be back later tonight.